0: Well, Tyler Reddick comes away with a dominant first victory with 23-11 Racing, and we're going to break down all the action from the race Sunday, from his battles on the track to also battling through overtime restarts. We'll also go over Suarez showing his displeasure with Teammate Ross Chastain and Alex Bowman post-race and how NASCAR should react to that. Also, we will break down the action for the trucks and Xfinity series races where we had repeat winners in both Zane Smith and A.J. Almendigger, and we get started right now on this episode of Three Wide. So before we get started on this week's episode of Three Wide, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor, Hunt to Harvest. Now, Hunt to Harvest is back with us for our second season here at Three Wide. And right now, if you head over to HuntToHarvest.com, you can check out their new spring 2023 selection, where they have plenty of design choices for turkey hunting, as well as different types of fishing. Also, they still have that mystery box special going on where you can get three shirts chosen at random sent to you for just $33. And with the high quality shirts you're getting at $11 a piece, you can't find that kind of deal anywhere else. So head on over to HuntToHarvest.com where you can update or upgrade your hunting apparel. And when you go to check out, be sure to enter that promo code RADNY18923. That's R-A-D-N-E-Y 18923 to get even more savings at checkout at HuntToHarvest.com. So on Saturday, we had the truck series kick things off at Coda where Zane Smith repeats from his win from last season, leading the final 15 laps of the race. Thanks to pit strategy due to no stage caution breaks and finishes eighth and third in the first two stages, able to get the win. And most of this race was a battle between cup series, regulars, Ross Chastain and Kyle Bush. They swapped the lead back and forth about six times during the race. Kyle finished up uh, in third Ross in fifth, but the the lack of stage cautions and and natural cautions in this race this was the first weekend where nascar was not going to run the stage breaks they were just going to keep everything going under green flag conditions it it saved almost 45 minutes uh, of the run time in in this race which is huge mainly because a lot of that time in the caution breaks it, it is takes so long for them to complete one caution lap around this track it saves a ton of time it was a big went for NASCAR overall this weekend as we finally had a truck race as well as an Xfinity race where pit strategy was a factor. Normally these races are broken up so much that th- there's no true strategy to it. It's just kind of a reset, rack them up and, and go again and see if someone can make something happen. And... Zane was very impressive, very strong. Again, Front Row Motorsports has now won each every race that they've run in the Truck Series at COTA. The first year they won with Todd Gilliland, the past two races they've ran, they've won with Zane Smith. And Zane put on a heck of a, a burnout there at the end of the race, actually caught the truck on fire with the mud flaps, which Kevin Harvick, who was in the booth, he was, you know, it seemed like he was waiting for something to happen with those mud flaps as they've been running them on the cars this year. He He said, you know, Finally, something happened with the flaps. we can get rid of them, basically, is what, what he said. He, he got very excited about that. But looking at some drivers with solid days, you had Haley Deegan had another solid week. Her second in the row, she finished 16th in this race. She gained some stage points in stage two. And this is coming off a 12th place finish last weekend in Atlanta. And, you know, finally able to kind of shake some of that bad luck that, ha- that had a holdover from the first part of the season. Now, you know, she ran a, in the top 10 for a good chunk of this race. She did have an incident with the 04 car that caused quite a bit of front damage to the truck. But uh, but a solid day for Haley, as well as Rajah Carruth. And Rajah, he was in need of a, a really solid day. Uh, he finished in 13th. This was his first top 15 of the season. It, it's definitely been a struggle for him through these first four races. But finally, got a good solid top 15. Now is something he can build on as they get ready to go to Texas Motor Speedway but the most impressive especially among the rookies this season has been nick sanchez he continues to impress he finished in seventh place this weekend at coda he finished second last week at atlanta and so far this season he has had speed he's led laps in a couple races at atlanta of course he was a, uh, you know in contention there to get the race win at that track and also i believe he led some laps at las vegas won the pole at daytona and was struggling to finish the first couple races of the season there but now seems to have his footing in the truck and has been the top rookie so far this season I feel like with the speed he has the way he's running it seems like it's just a matter of time before he gets that first career win I wouldn't be surprised to see him get it sometime in the near future he he has definitely come out swinging here uh, as we get in this season kicked off now as I said earlier Kevin Harvick was in the booth for this race And I'm sure it's just kind of a warm up, getting him ready for his role next season, which Kevin is great in the booth. He brings a a lot of insight. Anytime you can bring a more current driver into the booth, I feel like it it brings so much better information and, and, you know, better way of of breaking down the action we're seeing in front of us. Someone who's been in the car more recently and Harvick continues to impress. He, He was really impressed with Zane Smith. He was high on his praise of Zane after the race where... Zane took the win, which led to some fans commenting and speculating on if Zane Smith, this might be a way of him getting a look at the four car for next year to replace Kevin Harvick. And it makes sense on one hand where, you know, Zane is a Ford driver. Ford is obviously heavily invested in Zane. They're, you know, wanting to see him get pushed along. That's why we're seeing him in more cup races this year for front row motorsports. I I don't think he's ready for that four car or at least ready for a, a team on the level of Stuart Haas racing. I know they've had struggles. They're not running what they they once were, but they are still, that's a big name. That's a big team to be running for. And it, it, like I said, Zane's a top priority for Ford, but I'm sure they wanted to get some seasoning before getting him in that car. I I, I wouldn't, ex- I would expect him to probably get a couple more years in the cup series for the front row motorsports i wouldn't be surprised to see him start full-time next season but i think eric jones is, is right now the favorite for that four car you're losing at stuart haas racing you're you a driver your number one driver the guy who's been the the consistent one for you the guy who's been in you know put you in contention for wins and championships while your other drivers like chase briscoe he's been kind of hot and cold struggling to get some good you know consistency going ryan priest has struggled to finish this year you know, a lot of it through nothing of his own doing. And Eric Amarola, I mean, he'll he'll give you some solid performances a, few, a handful of times a season, but it's obviously this team is not what it once was. So you, with Harvick going out, you want to replace him with somebody who can go out there and, and be that guy to to put you in contention for wins and get you you know knock out top tens, knock out top fives. And I believe Eric Jones has done that. I believe his time at What once was Petty GMS Racing, now Legacy Motor Club, I believe it has really rebuilt his stock in the sport uh, after he was let go by Joe Gibbs Racing. He's done his time in that 43 car. He's been impressive, especially last year and the early part of the season, and and I think it's just a matter of time before he gets a, a call from a top team, and I think that happens this year with Stuart Haas Racing. He's got to be the, the number one guy they're going for. Now, like I said, say in a couple of years after Zane's run that, you know, what, whether it's the 38, 34, whatever car it is for front row motorsports. And if he continues to impress like he is now, if he's, you know, putting in consistent finishes, running Michael McDowell style races, you know, he, he's running up front there in the road courses, the super speedways, getting the top 20s, top 15s, sneaking in a top 10 at the mile and a half he he'll get a look from the, the, the top teams and Ford's going to want to keep them in their camp. And I think they will do their best to keep him happy. And if they got to make room for him over at Stuart Haas racing, they will push for that. So I could see him maybe in a couple years, go into that 10 car or if another car opens up within that organization. But I think Zane's best play right now is just to stick with front row motorsports. Who knows? He may get up to the cup series with this team and put them on a whole new level and make them even more competitive than what they are now and kind of be the, the, the guy to take them to that point. But I just don't think he's he's going to be the guy in that four car. I could be surprised, but Eric Jones is the one I would have my money on right now to take over that ride from Kevin Harvick. Now on the Xfinity series side, we had another repeat winner from last year as AJ Allmendinger gets the job done, wins at Coda after, uh you know, not surprisingly impressive run for AJ on another road course. Now there was a bit of controversy with him getting this win as, you know, he had an incident with Sheldon Creed where Sheldon was leading, AJ was second. Sheldon was in a good spot to get that first career win. He had a solid car, one stage two, and, you know, he was going to have a battle on his hands trying to hold off AJ and William Byron who were, you know, right there with him and maybe even a little bit faster than Sheldon, but, Sheldon was in a good spot, but as they go into turn 19 with 14 laps to go, H. Almondinger gets underneath Sheldon and spins him out. Now, Sheldon was able to come back and get a, a solid top 10 finish, but that move was, you know, not very popular with the fans. A lot of fans were not happy with that. Now, whether that's because they saw it as just another case of a cup guy knocking out an Xfinity regular, someone who's actually invested in this season trying to get you know, into the playoffs, trying to get wins and run for the championship, or if it's fans who were wanting to see Creed break into victory lane, who who has been so close so many times, been a part of some amazing battles so far in his young Xfinity career. It, it, either way, it was not a popular move. It may be a bit of both. However, and, you know, Sheldon really showing his maturity, post-race where you know he was calm and kind of i don't want to say nonchalant about it but wasn't freaking out wasn't throwing his hands around wasn't you know all fired up he just simply told bob pochris that he thought he gave aj plenty of room um he wasn't real sure how it happened said uh as they were going to the corner he knew aj was probably going to you know, had the run that he could get underneath him and tried to give him as much room as he could. And he just really wasn't sure of how he got spun out. Obviously wasn't thrilled with it, but wasn't ready to go down there and start swinging at AJ. So he he just pretty much was like chalk it up to, you know, an, another strong card, another strong run, gone to to waste, what could have been. Now, one thing that probably did help with this feelings is he did finish second and first in the first two stages. So uh, a lot of solid points for Sheldon right now, who's, I believe eighth in the point standing. So he's, he's good right now. And AJ even said in his post-race conference, um, you know, that that wasn't the way he wanted to win it. He, he didn't want it that way. He thought he had, you know, stuck his nose far enough on the inside of Sheldon that Sheldon would give him more room, but he did say, from his view, Sheldon cut down across him. And it's just another case of, you know, he said, he said, it, both guys may see it as the truth. They see it from different perspectives. And to me, I'm kind of like even both of them says, just one of those racing deals. They're going into a sharp corner. I could see where both ways, Sheldon may have been giving him a little bit of room. AJ might've been expecting more and sees it as Sheldon cut across his nose. There was no malicious intent there. It, it's just kind of, one of those deals especially on these road courses when you go through these sharp corners. Now AJ did say Sheldon has a right to be mad. Um but both drivers, you know, kind of they let let cooler heads prevail. They were both, you know, very mature about it and and something a lot of guys, especially in the cup series, should should have taken note for how these guys handle these situations because there were definitely some worse decisions made by drivers who were angry at the end of the cup race. But before we get too far down that road. Uh one driver who again had another solid day was Riley Herbst. He got uh, another top 10, finishes in 10th, and sits now 15 points out of the points lead behind Austin Hill, who had was knocked out of the race early, I believe, with some mechanical issues. And, you know, looking at runs by Riley and Creed and even Sam Mayer, they they've really had a solid start to the season. And you got to think this this first win for all three of these guys is going to come at some point this year. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't, why they shouldn't be able to break through and get that first career win for them. And who knows what could happen there. Once you get that first win off your shoulders, it kind of takes a lot of the pressure off of you. But running up front like these guys have been, eventually it's going to be their day. And for Riley, we'll get more into it as we look forward to to Richmond this weekend. This this is going to be a good track for Riley to possibly break through and get that first career win. But another driver who who kind of caught my eye was Daniel Hemrick. Now, last week at Atlanta, on the last lap coming out out of the final corner, Daniel Hemrick was in third, trying to make a you know hail mary move for the lead. He gets into the the left rear corner of. Parker Kligerman, who in turn gets sent into Austin Hill. Luckily, for the most part, they were able to keep it together to where it wasn't a complete, you know, just chaos, chaotic finish there at Atlanta where everyone's wrecked and, and crossing the line sideways. But Hemrick, he stuck to Kligerman's corner. There was a big wreck after the start finish line, you know, and Hemrick kind of caught some crap for that. Hemrick did finish second. Now this week... He got into a little bit more contact with another driver this time, John Hunter Nemechek, with four laps to go, going for sixth place and going into one of the corners, kind of like the, the Creed deal. Uh, you had Hemrick go underneath John Hunter. Whether it was a case that John Hunter didn't know he was there, didn't know how far you know up Hemrick was, I'm not sure. But John Hunter got spun by Hemrick. And it leads me to question, are we seeing a more aggressive Daniel Hemrick, who feels that he needs to up his game and his aggression to get to where he believes he should be. And where he has been before, you know, he is a previous champion. I understand that's his one career win at Phoenix, but Hamrick has always been a consistent top 10, top five driver throughout his, his career. And, you know, he, he may feel, especially last year was a huge disappointment for him. His average finish went down five spots. So he probably feels like he has, he may need to go out there and, be a little bit more aggressive and to to get back to championship contention, or this could just be a, a simply a racing deal like it was with Sheldon and AJ Allmendinger. He's definitely started this year better than last, and he's going to be looking to continue that trend. Uh, it's just going to be fun to watch Hemrick, at least uh, to say the least, over the next few weeks. See how aggressive he does come out, because obviously he's had a couple instances these past couple races where I'm sure a, a lot of drivers are going to be keeping their own. Their eye on him from here on out so now we move on to sunday's cup race where tyler reddick he gets his first career win with 23 11 racing leading 41 of the 75 laps ran uh tyler was obviously the top driver of the race he, he had a strong car he was strong all weekend and was the dominant driver now he did have to overcome some challenges challenges from drivers like kyle bush alex bowman William Byron, Ross Chastain, all had a turn, especially Byron, up there with the lead. Uh, Also, we had three overtime restarts that he had to hold off these guys. And each restart, it seemed like guys were getting more and more desperate at the end of this race. But Tyler was able to hold off. And as I said earlier this season in the preseason show, I think it will take Tyler a couple races to kind of get a handle on this new car. I believe he has more speed here at 2311 Racing than he did at Richard Childress Racing. and um it it was it was a struggle start to the season but ever after the first couple races he has slowly improved built up that momentum built up that confidence uh to where he just went out and flat out was the guy to beat all weekend so huge win for tyler and you know with how he ran last year in that eight car on the road courses could tyler possibly be the next you know, guy to beat on these road courses there for a while. It was Chase Elliott. Uh, he's got seven wins on road courses. Tyler, he he's seeming to warm up on these road courses. He's won last, you know, at, at Road America. He's won at IMS last season. He's definitely seeming to be the guy to beat on these road courses. A lot of people thought it might be Austin Cedric, and Austin is still solid on road courses. I think he's going to get plenty of wins throughout his cup career on this type of track, as well as Chase Elliott. Chase is young. And it's going to be fun to watch. I think between these three drivers, and toss in your Ross Chastain and and William Byron and Alex Bowman, I, it's going to be fun to watch all these guys battle over the years at, at the road courses. Um, Kyle Busch, who driving the eight car from you know that's Tyler's old ride, he finished in second. Alex Bowman, he got third, and another solid run for Alex. He is just about done away with the the hundred points penalty that he. He got after the parts were taken from Hendrick Motorsports. He has made his way back up into the the t- just just outside the top 16, really, of the the playoff points. Um, so very impressive for Bowman. I think Bowman's going to have quite the season. Him and his new crew chief, Blake Harris, seem to really be hitting it off. And I can see them winning, you know, quite a few races before the season's over with and could we see Alex finally break through and make a deep run into the playoffs early in this season? He seems to be the guy that, that's going to be the one to beat on a consistent level. William Byron, he's been able to keep up with, with his hot start week in and week out. He continues to to look like a guy you're going to have to go through to get the victory. Whereas his teammate, you know, he's going to be up there in the running. He's going to get you a top five. Byron, he's got the speed where he, he's going to be, be the one to contend with that. You're going to get around for the win. What was really surprising to me was there, there were a couple of, of road course racers that were really non-existent for most of the day, which was surprising to me. You had uh, the none bigger to me than Ryan Blaney. I, I said in my YouTube short over the past weekend, you can find on YouTube and on Rundle, Rumble, I did uh, what my fantasy lineup would be. And I had Ryan Blaney in my garage simply because looking over his time on road courses in the Cup Series, he's just about a safe bet to get a top 10. This week, I mean, he didn't even, he hardly sniffed the top 20. It seemed like he started in the back in 38th car just did not seem to have it. And I don't know if they just missed it on the setup, if it was just too much to overcome starting that far in the back or what, but he finishes in 21st and just, like I said, it was seemed like a struggle for him to break into that top 20. Now, we had quite a few road course ringers this this race felt like a true throwback event you know when you add in the no stage break cautions and the road course ringers finally making a bit of a comeback this weekend it was really fun to watch you had Jensen Button and Kimi Räikkönen from the Formula One you also had Connor Daly you had Jordan Taylor from MSUC taking over the nine car for injured Chase Elliott he started fourth was probably the guy with the most speed as far as the road course ringers go. He did finish up and end up finishing in 24th. Jensen Button was the top finishing road course ringer in 18th. And I think a lot of it was the these guys were not expecting <clears throat> the aggressiveness of these cup guys, the over aggressiveness uh, of these NASCAR drivers, especially on these late restarts. I mean, you, they go into turn one and they are just plowing each other out of the way. It's unbelievable and I just don't think they were ready for that even button had a few comments for that after the race and you know it's it's always great to have you know stars from other series especially the formula one drivers like uh, of rocking and buttons you know magnitude that that's pretty big for this sport uh so hopefully you know we see more of these guys come down the road at other road course stops I know they talked about the project 91 car that Kimmy drove for Trackhouse, they, Justin Marks had talked about, they have plenty of sponsorship. They're going to have more races with this car throughout the season. They haven't announced a driver lineup schedule or or anything like that, but it'll be, I'm really intrigued to see who else he gets. If anyone, maybe he sticks with Kimmy Räikkönen for, for the rest of the season. But some other drivers that really impressed, Todd Gillen finishes in 10th. A lot of that was kind of in due to those late restarts where he was, you know, knocking guys out of the way to get up there in the top 10. You also had uh, Ricky Stenhouse getting a seventh-place finish. He, uh, good, solid day. He got also got stage points in stage two. So the points that he's really been needing after the past couple of weeks, uh, he's looking still looking really good in, in the playoff side of things. <coughs> Chris Buescher, he comes away with an eighth-place finish after starting all the way in the back in 32nd. Ty Gibbs, he finishes in ninth. Corey LaJoy, 11th. And, and again, this Spire Motorsports team, is is continuing to 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 have such an impressive start to the season cory after last week's strong run at atlanta motor speedway follows it up with an 11th here he is still inside the top 16 of the playoffs and each week that he's able to do that is just more and more impressive and kind of like i was talking earlier about a, a guy like zane smith you know looking to impress to, to get that you know hope maybe future shot with shr you got to think with Corey having these runs in the seven car, does he start getting looked at by some top teams who might be looking to replace a, a driver for next season, or maybe even the year after that, he he's got to be catching some sort of attention it, it, with the way he's run this seven car this year. Uh, Michael McDowell has a, a solid day in 12th. And you also had some, uh, some other drivers going back to the, to the struggle, uh, Ryan priest was the biggest one. Ryan had a solid day. He did finish in 10th in stage one. He was up there near the top 10 for most of the race, but with all the calamity there at the end, he gets taken out. He does comment after he gets wrecked out of the race there at the end. What a bunch of hacks, you know, he's very, very much talks. He talks a lot about respectful racing and there, there was not a lot of respect given there at the end of that race. And that led to fans talking about you know does nascar need to change this whole unlimited overtime restart do we need to go back to just three do we need to do away with it period i'm still not all about removing the overtime finishes i, I want to see i want to see us at least attempt getting that you know green flag checker flag finish and uh Freddy Kraft craft and them said it best on dbc if you go to just three overtime restarts then you know you're just then you're just setting up a, a limit you know when you get to that third overtime restart say kyle bush is starting in this you know third or, or second row on the inside going up in turn one he ain't gonna care if you know he cleans out tyler reddick he's gonna drive it in there because he's like if i do something and it creates a caution i'll you know and i can sneak through and get the race lead i've won the race not saying that, that Kyle will do that. That's just the example that, that they used as well as myself since he was up there at the front at the end of this race. You know, I am i can't say with full confidence what the right answer is. I wish I could, but I, I, I don't know that there is a fix. I think it's a driver issue where drivers just do not care. They're You, you can call it a lack of respect, whatever you want. But these guys are just going in there. There's no repercussions for them. I, and I'm not for NASCAR coming in and starting to penalize drivers in, in that instance. You know, if if we got to go back old school to where drivers are just getting out of their cars, you know, after you've knocked me out of the way and we got to meet between the haulers or we got to have a meeting before the next race, you know, like like they did with Ernie Irvin back in the day where somebody's got to get up and and we're going to hash things out then so be it but I don't see any rule that that can change this at least not a popular one and I think there's enough of a pigeonhole on some of these drivers some of the time and you know you look at what happened with Hamlin and Chastain where Hamlin he took care of a problem he felt and sent Chastain up into the wall and he was, he opened his mouth about it. He talked about it and he was penalized for it. And as I said, when it happened, I'm not against or saying what Denny did was wrong, but obviously he didn't need to go out and talk about it or, you know, he had to at least realize that doing that's opening himself up to, to penalty. But sometimes you gotta do it. Sometimes you have to do that. And, If you got to keep got to get out and keep your mouth shut about it, then do it. But something I think I think is something that these drivers have to get a handle on themselves. And I use the example of the wrong way to do it. See, I think Denny Hamlin, uh, I, I would say it was as close to the right way to do it as you can get as far as doing it on the track. I would prefer you handle it away from the cars, quit beating and banging on yourselves, you know, go down to the pit road, get out and handle it however you need to. And case in point is Daniel Suarez. Daniel was one of the drivers that got, you know, pile driver going into turn one. He had been up in the front for 90% of the race and, you know, was taken out in a big old scrum of it there at the end of one of those overtime restarts and winds up finishing 27th. So he went from possibly a race win to 27th. He's obviously not going to be happy about it, but the guys who hit him from behind was Alex Bowman, his teammate, Ross Chastain, and to show his displeasure coming onto pit road, Suarez first hits Chastain as they're coming into pit road, which is a, a pretty, you know, pretty decent turn. Luckily Chastain didn't lose it and spin out coming on to pit road. And then as they're going on pit road, Suarez goes up there and knocks Bowman a couple of times and I'm, I've am i never been a fan of doing things on pit road with the cars, especially, you know, during the race, per, you know, post-race, whatever. It's like Ty Gibbs and Ty Dillon last year when Ty Gibbs popped out Ty Dillon after, you know, Ty hit him coming out of the pit box. And Ty Dillon luckily had a hold of the wheel or he could have went into the car that was being serviced and to into the official standing there. Same deal here. You know, you got so many officials, media members, team members, just everyone down there in a crowd on, on pit road after the race, everybody trying to get out of the car, you got pit crew members gathering up their stuff to call it a day. If you hit Bowman the wrong way, the wrong angle or at the wrong speed, however, it, it, if it sends Bowman out of shape and he has to make a quick move, you have put a lot of people at risk, you know, and unnecessarily unnecessary to, to put them in that kind of position so if you're not happy with what happened get out the car and handle it face to it, face whether it's just talk whether it's pushing whether it's fighting i don't care don't use your cars as weapons on pit road and you know daniel did get out him and chastain had words him and bowman had words and i fully expect a penalty to come suarez's way i believe nascar even rewarded their rules to where it opens suarez up to penalties both a fine and points and i feel like you have to take some points away. Because you want to send a message to these guys, quit messing around with the cars on pit road, deal with it after you've gotten out and, and take care of it then. And, you know, for Suarez to be mad it, it, at this kind of incident where everybody's piling in, nobody's showing any respect. It's it's kind of silly to be mad at the beginning with at, at, at two certain drivers. If you want to come out and call out the whole field or the whole back half of the field, fine. But just point out, single out two drivers, because I think Bowman got pushed by Chastain. Chastain was getting pushed by Briscoe or or whoever was behind him. It, it's a chain reaction event. So it had been better served, I think, for Suarez to get out and say, all those guys behind me that came up and sh- you know, ran through me in the corner, got no respect, yada, yada, that's fine. But you know, I, I get you're angry, but it's in the wrong, it's being shown in the wrong way. And I think it's being put in the wrong place at at the end of these kinds of races. It's not your normal mile and a half where it it just takes one guy to spin you out. There's a whole pile of guys going six wide into one corner at this track. So look for Suarez to get a penalty on that. I, I hope, you know, it kind of sends the message to these guys that, that, Hey, we're done playing games on pit road. And, just before we get off this, this cup race over the weekend in general, two things. Number one is the stage free cautions or the caution free stage ends, you know, where they just ran it straight through and the green flag was a huge win. Uh, a lot of fans were wanting to, you know, calling for it to be implemented across the board at all the tracks. I say, Nope, I'm I'm not for that. I think it's perfect for the road courses, cuts out your runtime. It allows pit strategy to become a, a factor for all three of your series. Uh, the only other track i could see an argument be made at is super speedways possibly but you know coming to the end of the stages of super speedways everybody's you know fighting to get in the top 10. you'll probably end up with a wreck going into turn one and there's going to be a caution anyway but at mile and a half and so short tracks right now i don't see any reason to implement this you know stage free or this caution free stage ends i, I say right now you know keep it at road courses you, you know too much of a good thing can still be a bad thing so let's just hold it where it's at. And I think it was a big win for NASCAR making that decision. So props to them on that. And the other thing was the whole out of bounds deal in the S's. What I don't understand about this rule, I get you have track limits, you know, and NASCAR was consistent with calling the penalties through the S's. So, you know, nothing against, I'm not saying NASCAR made any wrong calls on penalties. My main take, or, you know, ax to grind on it is, you know, they, they have this limit on the S's, but as soon as they come out of the S's, there's a couple more corners and these drivers can run all the way up on the curb and put all four tires off the racetrack. And it's all fair. It's all good. That I I don't understand why it's wrong in this section, but literally a couple hundred feet down in a even sharper corner where I think more time is to be made putting, you know, shortcutting the corner by getting over the curb. I I don't understand why that isn't, you know, in the same rule as the S's, you know, maybe I'm alone in that, but that was one thing I noticed over the, the race weekend. Um, but still a solid race weekend at Coda, another, another big win for NASCAR with the stage free cautions. And this is another road course. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of this track. I'm glad NASCAR's got on the schedule and I hope it stays on it. Unlike they, they did with road America. So this weekend we have all three series racing, but the truck series is racing over at Texas Motor Speedway while the Cup Series and Xfinity Series run over at Richmond. On the truck series side, uh, Stuart Friesen is the defending race winner of this race last year. Uh, It was run a little bit later in the season than, than it is now. It was ran in May. This time it is running all the way right here at the beginning of April. So will the track be any different than it has before? Will that make any difference? We we'll have to wait and see. While Stuart Friesen, he was the dominant truck last year at this race. The driver to watch, I feel like, is going to be Christian Eckens. He finished second here last year, uh, led forty laps. He's got a lot of speed in this nineteen truck. He won in Atlanta and at cota this past weekend, won a stage and was, you know, and, and looked to be in a pretty good shot to get a solid finish. Unfortunately, his, his Truck he had a mechanical failure; he was knocked out of that race. But Christian Eckes is the driver I feel like to watch in this weekend's race. On the Xfinity Series side, when you go to Richmond, this is just an Allgaier's top track besides Phoenix. In 22 races, Allgaier he has 11 top tens, eight top fives, two wins, average finish of 12.6. This is all coming from Racing Reference, so he is going to always be the driver to watch here. But there's two other guys that that you want to keep a close eye on. One of them is, as I mentioned before, in the Affinity Series section of the show is Riley Hurts. He doesn't have as you know, deep a stats to dig into as Allgaier. He has five starts at this track, four top tens, two top fives, the same average finish of 12.6. So this is a good track where Riley can possibly break break through that glass ceiling and get that first career win. But I think these guys are going to have to go through Daniel Hamrick. Daniel's the guy that I've got circled and that I wouldn't be surprised to come away with with a win. I think he can get this second career win at this track, especially with the finishes he's he's had over the past few weeks. He's having a much better start to 2023 and six starts at Richmond. Hamrick has five top tens, three top fives and an average finish of eight point five. So I think Hamrick is going to be the guy everyone's going to have to try and keep up with. Uh, come Saturday. Now, on the Cup Series side, this is our second race with the new short track package. I feel like it's the first true test compared to Phoenix, how this car will run on the short track, and I think we are you know, in line for a very competitive Cup race here. There's a lot of guys that are strong at this track, and if this short track package improves it in any way, we could be in for quite the show. Denny Hamlin's the defending race winner here at this track. This is one of his home tracks, and he has been, him and his teammate Martin Trix Jr., they have been the, the top guys here. Uh, in the past 10 races, Denny Hamlin, he has eight top fives, two wins, uh, very, very solid at this track. He's always up near the front, it seems like. Martin Tricks Jr. has, I think, a little bit better stats. He has three wins in his last 10 races, seven top fives, and eight top tens. So obviously Joe gives racing. This is one of their favorite tracks to come to, but Kevin Harvick is another driver not to sleep on. He finished second in this race last year. He won in the fall. He's, you know, still looking to get that first win to lock himself into the playoffs in his final year. He's going to be hungry. He's going to be a guy to contend with, but also don't look past a couple of these Hendrick drivers. Number one is William Byron who finished third last season, led 122 laps. And I mean, he's, been the guy with the the most speed. He's been up front more than the most other drivers we've seen this season. Can he keep this momentum up and break through into victory lane here at Richmond? It wouldn't surprise me one bit, but his teammate Alex Bowman, who's been probably overall the most consistent driver in the cup series this year. He's finished eighth in this race last season. He won in the spring of 2021. And I think Bowman, you know, he's going to get a few wins this year and this could be a perfect place for him to get that start. I want to put Ryan Blaney on my list. So bad of drivers to watch, but just with the way he's, he ran this past weekend, it, it, it's got me a little gun shy on him, but still keep an eye on Blaney. He won the poll last season. He led 128 laps. He led the most laps of anyone at this race. So this might be the place where Blaney, he, you know, can he get it turned around and, and get a good, another good solid top 10, top five finish, possibly even a win. Um, Ford, they've they've definitely improved from where they were after the second or third race of the season. So I'm just still a little hesitant on Blaney, but I got high hopes for them. So it's going to be a great weekend of races. You don't want to miss a single lap of it. And it all starts with the Truck Series at Texas Motor Speedway. And that'll wrap up this week's episode of Three Wide. As always, thank you for joining me and listening along. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast from. We're on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast from. You can simply click that subscribe button so you know when the new episodes drop. Also, you can click on the link below in the description to my YouTube channel. Subscribe there, and we do weekly post race reaction videos as well as weekly shorts doing fantasy picks. So be sure to subscribe there, and you'll see when we drop our new videos for our YouTube channel. Also, below is a link to our sponsor, HuntToHarvest.com, where you can go upgrade and update your hunter apparel. So be sure to go check those guys out. I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of their week. We will meet back same time next week and go over all the action from Texas Motor Speedway and Richmond International Raceway.